This is one episode one. <laughs> <laughs> one episode one. Shut the front door. This is episode 158 of G.I. Joburg. We've got the full team in effect tonight. I have no idea what the agenda is, but with any luck, we'll work that out. <laughs> in fine style. I'm Steve. I'm in China. Who else is with me? I'm Paul. Uh, I'm in Joburg. <laughs> Robert's in Cape Town. Yay! Cooch <laughs> uh, is with us. He is with us. <laughs> A sense of presence. Very Knock twice I if was. you're here. Oh, there he is. <laughs> I am. It's Cujo on the west coast. Enjoying a hot cup of tea, and it's good to see the squad back. Sorry about that. Hello. Yeah. Yes, indeedy. Stop hitting the mute button, Cooch. Come on, man. The ghostness. Yes, he's eating. He's eating. Do we really want to hear him eating on the podcast? Inhaling, no, dude, yes. it's 8 a.m. on the West face. Coast. The only dietary supplement he's receiving is perhaps a bit of vitamin green. Touche. <laughs> Touche. Dudes, I just got into a physical fight uh, for the first time in a while, so I'm pretty pumped. Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah, yeah man. Please continue. Well, we are wrapping up the show in Beijing this evening and heading on yeah. to Shanghai tomorrow so and it's been a string of birthdays mine being one of them uh so we were partying pretty hard tonight and uh i had a lovely date with my fellow gi joeberg brothers so i decided to punch out ninja bomb slightly i got intercepted at the door so naturally there was a bit of conversation that had to be had before they eventually reluctantly let me leave i got myself <laughs> on a like a I wouldn't call it a tuk-tuk, it's more of a scooter that's been modified, so it's got like a little like box cage at the back. It's like a tricycle scooter with like a two-seater passenger capacity at the back. Anyway. It's like the Dreadnought cycle. Like the Dreadnought cycle, but made for comfort and certainly fewer machine guns. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I know what the cab fare is to get from yeah. this pub to the hotel. So I'm thinking I'm going to pay this guy in that ballpark. That's about 20 RNB. Yeah. The guy locks me in. <laughs> okay. So I'm locked into the steel cage. I'm like, okay, this could get interesting. He unlocks it and he stands in the doorway and he's like 200. I'm like, <laughs> in your dreams, uncle, in your dreams. So I hand him the 20 with all the generosity in my heart. This is what I would pay for a heated cab ride instead of this freezing cold tuk-tuk-ish moped thing. Um, yeah. And he's like, no, 200. I'm like, well, pal, last time I checked, I'm bigger than you, so step aside. <laughs> so we had a little scuffle. It was uh, quite exhilarating. Nice. <laughs> he, he lost. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's, it's not fair. It's not fair. But, you know, whatever. Oh. He, he was insistent on fleecing me, and I was insistent on not being fleeced. So I'm afraid oh, wow. someone's going to lose. Well, you channeled your inner Big Boa? Um, I don't know. I think I was a bit more fleet-footed than Big Boa. He couldn't hold on to me sufficiently. Like, you can see why China doesn't have a rugby team, because... Their tackles just end up to shit. Anyway, so, you know, the slippery South African gave him the slip and headed back into my (laughs) toasty hotel room, lap of luxury. 
while that guy's still out there trying to feed his family and driving around tuk-tuk in sub-zero conditions. Do I really occupy the moral high ground? <laughs> uh, yeah, you do, because I'm sorry, like, there's a difference between working and being an asshole and trying to fleece your customers. Dude, um, the, the horror stories I've heard from other fellow cast members of being fleeced on this exact same trip. People yeah. walking over a lot of cash dara just to get driven home because they've had a few and perhaps they're not as, you know, on their guard about being taken advantage of. And absolutely, yeah. when you are a tourist in a foreign place, you are an easy target. Yeah, definitely. But anyways, guys, the, the prelude to this episode has been laden with Stephen drama. Tell me stories, boys. <laughs> What's up with you guys? Uh, Cooge, good morning. <laughs> Hello, sir. Good morning, guys. He obviously didn't open that cage in good faith, but anyway. <laughs> How's November treated you? It's chilly on the West Coast. We had our first rainstorm. You guys are getting a lot of rain, aren't you? Um, uh, we, uh, in Joburg, we're having a heat wave at the moment again. Yay. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. But it's all good. Uh, things are good here. Uh, let's see. Paul, how are you feeling this morning? Evening. Evening. I oh, know I'm good. I'm good. I uh, I spent quite a considerable part of my evening last night uh, working on the Sky Striker uh, because I have two modern era Sky Strikers. One is modded, one is not. So I was taking apart the one that I had modded because I wanted to see what I had done because Andrew Creech asked um, if uh, I could do a a um, a tutorial on how to modify the Sky Striker and what did he want me to modify? I want to see if I can detach the landing gear from the wings and then also if I can try and keep the wings dual, you know, so that when you swing one out, they both swing out. So, yeah. So I'm still busy taking the damn thing apart because aside from screwing it together, Hasbro decided gluing it together would also work. I do not know how I modded this thing the first time around. I have no <laughs> idea. You were younger and more carefree. Hey, dude, all I can say Clearly. is Technic Lego. Come yeah. on. You got to get a no, bit more gearing between those two wings. No, and... so I've got a I've got a strategy for it, sort of. <laughs> I'm 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 guessing. You see, this is this is the thing. When I modded this one, I decided I'll have the landing gear work with the tab, and I'll manu manually open the wings. That's not a problem. But then, you know, and I'm and I'm happy with that. But now that I want to solve the problem of having the wings swing out, and having the landing gear work. Um, I've now figured out that there's like an inner cage thing, like a like a black plastic uh, sort of cage system in there with the with the teeth on it for the gearing system. So somehow I need to separate the top part of that with the bottom part of that, so that the top part works with the wings independently from the landing gear. Paul, don't sure reinvent the wheel, man. Like when the 30th anniversary Sky Striker was released, people were doing this like it was going out of fashion. No, and I'm saying not just grinding down the gears so that you could open them independently, but creating yeah, but... a gearing mechanism so they would swing out together. No, no, I found that tutorial and that's great, but I don't want to pull out the landing gear manually because what's happened is, is that the of the four tutorials that I've seen on HisTank.com, hello HisTank, and the and the almost none that you can find on YouTube. Um, they all point that all of them are either grind down the gears on the wings uh, or clip off the teeth from the wings, um, <clears throat> detach, do like this whole major like sort of reinvention of the inside system 
just to detach the wheels from the wings. <clears throat> and that's like, it's pretty much that. And I would like to have something that's a bit more, I don't know, smart. <laughs> than, you know, I don't G. know. G.I. Joe Berg will tear. G.I. Joe Berg. Uh -huh. Yeah, because I did look. I mean, I, I originally used a, a His Tank tutorial for my for my original mod when I did it. So, yeah, and that, that was simply just, you know, shaved down the gears. So, you don't need anyway. no tutorial to do that. You know, I, I did it blind. I was like, eh. Shave down the gears and boom, you can fold your wings in and leave the landing gear out. Anyways, I'm well, bored of Sky Strikers because uh, according to Paul, <laughs> they're the most overrated GI Joe vehicle of they all. They are totally. They yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. For more yeah, info, see Facebook. Rob, how are you doing, buddy? <laughs> oh, Bruce Lee. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. Hi, Bruce Lee. I I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm doing good. Um, nothing much going on in Cape Town. We're just kind of moving along, happenstance, I suppose. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for Christmas, for all the good food. We're we're getting closer, and also oh, we're having our cool um <clears throat> like work end of year function next next week, I think. And we're gonna oh, go cool. have burgers. I'm excited about burgers. All, all my excitement is, is food related. <laughs> Are you guys going out for burgers or having burgers delivered to work? Oh, no, no, we're going out. So we were taking oh, all the people good. from both stores, and we we're going out for, for a nice evening out. Will it be oh, in the north, impressive. or will it be in the south? Oh, it's going to be in town. So oh. all I have to do is just like fall middle. out of bed. And... <laughs> we're actually going to fall out of bed, just go, go straight there after work. <laughs> Roll down the hill. Hell yeah, it'll be so easy. I'm very happy about, about where it's going to be this time. Oh, that's oh, cool, dude. Burgers. Jerry's? No, it's a place called Rocco Mamas. Oh, Rocco Rocco Mamas. Mamas. It's a Joburg chain, dude. Oh, dear. Oh, is it? Scratch one up for Paul. <laughs> no, Rocco Mamas is awesome, dude. You'll enjoy it. Yeah, so, and they, I, I see they've got the crazy weird milkshakes. Like, super yes, they thick do. Ones. They cost like, like 100 bucks for a milkshake, and I'm like, okay, I'm not paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, the boss. The peanut butter one's really good. Yeah. Just so you know, the peanut butter one is really good. Okay, I've, I've, I've always been a fan of peanut butter. Oh, good. You're smart, Hell smart yeah, man. Smart man. I'm a smart man. It's no champions. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 Rock Mamas is cool. That's awesome, dude. And uh, how, how was Black Friday for you? I mean, you know, you were in the oh. front lines of retail. <laughs> so. Well, our, our Black Friday wasn't necessarily the... The, the biggest thing ever. I think there's just so many shops offering, you know, like discounts and stuff. And our selection of mm -hmm. stuff wasn't necessarily the, the widest and biggest. So unless you're a really big fan of like DC and recent DC stuff, we, we didn't really have much. <laughs> Whoever <offer>. that is. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you people out there who like DC comics. No, Some... DC comics are fine, but whatever's happening in DC comics now. Recent, mm -hmm. right. Yeah, no, I don't know. And I, I suspect that you guys weren't super busy because you don't offer some kind of, uh, you know, buy now, pay later credit facility because that's something. Oh, no, no, we don't do any of that. Yeah. No. yeah. You can yeah, give they... us your money right now, please. <laughs> yeah, no, that is that is the crux of Black Friday. It is actually all for credits. It's bullshit. Yeah, no, anyway. for sure. Um, but luckily, our center, <laughs> the construction that's been going on for the last year is seems to be coming to an end. Um, it looks wow. a lot better than it did a couple of weeks ago. And it actually looks yeah. like a proper center now. Like it's oh, well cool. lit. 
Hopefully the security will be walking around so we don't get any weird people coming in there anymore. Um, <laughs> Come on, there's a story there. There's a, yeah, I was going to say. No, I mean, there's tons. This is, you just get lots of like weird homeless people coming in there. Like, ooh, comic books, eh? Yeah, tell me a bit about the Hulk. Ooh, he's my favorite hero. Do you have any of the cartoons? Uh, no, not so much. Thanks. But uh, uh, if do you, you go do now. You have change for 100. <laughs> oh, no. Not again. <laughs> never again. He'll never get a change. That was always the thing that used to irritate me the most, is guys coming in and wanting, and picking up... Okay, this was when comic books were still like 20, 25 rand a book. I mean, they, they're more yeah. like 80 rand now. And so you have yeah. guys come in. They'd, I mean, you look at the guy and you're like, well, he's not a comic reader, but hey, maybe he's buying one for his kid or something, you know, whatever. Picks up a comic book, like, and then you're looking at him and you look at the comic book and you're like... I'm sure your kid's going to love Preacher. And um, <laughs> and then he wants to pay for this thing with like a 200 Rand note. And then, yeah, uh, yeah so then you just take one look at that 200 Rand note and you very uh, diplomatically say, I'm sorry, but I don't have change. If you don't mind, I can keep the comic book aside for you, but you're going to need to come back with smaller money because there's no way I can. And it's like, no problem. And a backstory to this is uh, South Africa had a, a, a uh, it was a few years ago. I mean, we're talking 10, 11 years ago now had a, a, quite a problem with uh, 200 Rand notes because there were a lot of counterfeits. Read Joburg. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you wanted to be very careful. And obviously, a lot of guys were, you know, given a lot of these, you know, counterfeit notes or they were scammed into them or something. So they're just trying to find their way out. And they're like, oh, you know what I'll do? I'll buy a comic. <laughs> and it's pretty smart. I mean, you can fall for it at least once. So. Yeah, that, that happened to me at least once, so. Yeah. Oopsie uh, funny. Well, I suppose it stands to reason. I mean, China is the land of the counterfeits. I mean, they've certainly got the fun, the the factories to create whatever um, you know diabolical fakes you you could dream of. But yeah, every time I pay with a a fifty or a hundred RMB note, it's always subject to scrutiny. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like. Chick at the 7-Eleven is examining it front and back. I'm like, wow, are you into, like, what's it called? What is it? Numerology? It's oh, not we're numerology. Collecting, uh, money. collecting points. But I think there's oh, more points than it is. Astrology. Astrology. <laughs> Astrology. Thanks, Kuja. Thank you, North America, mm-hmm. chipping in the, the, the <laughs> much-needed information. Anyway, whatever she was into, she's like, she's examining this, man, like, seeing if it's whatever the watermarks are all in the correct position like what the hell oh uh, did you guys notice that in the states as well yeah no i've just i it's been misframed uh... it's been misframed (laughs) cooch are you talking about money or are you talking about stars hold on i got a little word for (laughs) the the official word for for a coin collector is a numismatist that's true well then then this isn't coins, it's paper money. Anyways, boring. Kuj, you live in the land of, of commerce. Uh, did you do anything for Black Friday? Did you buy anything fun? Well, late stage capitalism, right? Did the Black Book have a Black Friday uh, blowout sale? It did not. There's still people, I still get emails. Uh, I'm still sending them out one at a time. I think there's like maybe 10 left to the first printing. But uh, oh, that's cool. I Fantastic. think. Uh, I think we're going to do the second printing will be the only comic book you need in 2020. You heard. Um, and we'll call that the, uh, the get Paul paid edition. 
So yeah. let's <laughs> let's do it, guys. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, I'll chat that up in in the near future. I did not get too capitalistic. Um, by the way, astrology. The only the only astrology you need to know is Cancer and Capricorn. It's all about that. Um, Shit, son. What about Scorpio? That's me. Yeah, like well, this, this is more ever made ever. It, and it, what about uh, Chinese astrology, man? The Chinese zodiac. If you put the astrology map on top of the world map and and turn it a certain way, it it shows you something. Um, yeah, I'll just no, say that. that. Thing's super cool. Uh, I I know exactly what you're talking about because I'm very much um, into that kind of uh, Asian esoterica and whatever. Hey guys, actually, nice. Stephen Stephen brings a good up a good point quickly. Cooch, sorry, while we're on the topic <laughs> of astrology, what is everybody's Chinese zodiac here. I know Steven's a rat. You boys are the pig. The rat. What are you, Cooch? You must be the dr- uh, not the dragon. You're a rabbit. Ooh, he must uh, be. A I'm I'm a Gemini. So is my lady. So there's basically like four people in a relationship. Dude, Chinese no, no. zodiac is no, based Chinese on the one. year of your birth. Oh, the year of my birth. Um, seventy-six. What is that, dragon? Shit, it's the year after the dragon. It'd be fucking. It'd be dragon. So you're uh um. Screw it, I'm gonna Google this while we on air because why I'm not? I'm gonna guess horse. No, it's the year of the dragon. Year of the You're fire dragon. Shitting me. Okay, yep. so 75 is the year of the dragon and 76 is the year of the fire dragon. No, 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 no. It's, no, for those uh, born before 19 before the 31st of January 1976, they belong to the zodiac animal of wood rabbit. Ah, rabbit. Yeah, so he's a rabbit. Oh, okay, yeah, he's a rabbit. It's a little bit of a downgrade from a fire dragon. (laughs) Sorry, pal. At least you actually exist. You're not mythical. Um, Yeah, dude. Well, the dragon, uh, being a dragon is both very lucky and very unlucky, just so you know. Mm. Yeah. What else, guys? Does anyone actually believe in any of this heebie-jeebie? I do. Oh, poorly. Guys, let's swing it back to G.I. Joe, please. Please, please, please. <laughs> Did anyone catch Troy Smith's latest adventure on the G.I. Jobo channel? I haven't had a chance to get it, check it yet, but I've, I've been looking at the cool little shorts on, on Instagram. And if they're anything yeah. like that, I'm super excited. Oh, yeah? What do you think, man? They're fun. I think he has a very unique style of kind of like putting things together. Um, and I, I really like them. I thought they were quite fun, especially with the crystal ball. I thought that was quite cool. <laughs> Featuring the voice talents of Paul Lobsher. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. So it, it is Troy stuff then. I enjoy it. I think, I think it's money. quite fun and different. Was, yeah, I mean, it was. It, it took a chance. To do. I respect yeah. that. Those are so you fun should to do. take chances, you know. Should. And I love the reaction. Like people seem to really get into it. Like. I had like uh, people on Instagram commenting on uh, extensive enterprises, you know, being involved there somehow, and yeah, you know, just little things. It's really cute. And then on the on the YouTube comments, like guys are like really getting into Crystal Ball. They're like, wow, this is so much better than how he's portrayed usually. So it's like, okay, cool, that's great. I mean, uh, I have to bring into question uh, how is Crystal Ball portrayed usually? He was in approximately one special issues, special missions comic in the original you know, sort of era era. Yeah. Uh, he was in zero cartoon appearances. Um, where's this crystal ball uh, characterization Question. that you referred to? 
Well, IDW and Devil's Due both use him quite extensively. He was in the Cobra, in G.I. Joe Cobra, if I'm not mistaken. And that, Water. and there he's like a full-on, like, uh, like mystic kind of character. He's very interesting, actually, in that. Um, and they try to redeem him. And then obviously people have the stigma behind him as a peg warmer. So they obviously feel very good about, you know, like the fact that, oh, wow, all of a sudden he's actually like something cool now as opposed to just a peg warmer. But you're you're the first person to voice him though, right? Apparently. Hey, (laughs) wow, actually, that is a, a good point. Paul, won't you tell us about your inspiration for cooking up a voice for Crystal Ball? Have you guys heard of a guy called Yuri Geller? Negatory. Mm-hmm. Okay, he was a renowned psychic, uh, TV psychic in the 70s and 80s and even early 90s. He used to do a whole thing where he used to bend spoons. Um, it was quite famous. He used to bend spoons on talk shows and things and then even got people at home to put a, a spoon on top of their TV and to, you know, you know, then he would bend it psychically or whatever. Anyway, it was like... He would talk like this. Like this. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was very, he was very like fruity, the way he used to speak. Oh, it's you to a T. And extremely no. esoteric. Yeah. Hold on. Let me break in just for a second. I have interviewed a couple people that I feel like are really smart, and they do lull you into a cadence. Like, if you're not careful, it's interesting. Yeah, like, it's, it's the thing with like Yuri Geller and, and, and he's ilk. I mean, he wasn't the only sort of TV psychic that came out at the same time. I mean, so much so that Ghostbusters even rips off, you know, TV psychics with uh, uh, Bankman's uh, TV show called World of Psychics. But um, yeah, so I, I was looking up all of those kind of guys and looking up how they speak and nice word, Kuja, looking up the cadence and, and all that. And, and that's how I did my research to get a voice for him. And I also wanted to try and see if I could get something a little bit homicidal in there. I don't know if I got that right. And then also part of the whole thing is is that I almost want people to think he's a, he's pretending to use that voice because when you hear Yuri Geller speak you can't believe that he really speaks like that. You can't <laughs> I don't know. I don't believe that he really speaks. Like I can't imagine him going into the shop and going, "Can I have one packet of Daniel 20s, please?" You know. <laughs> There's no way he talks like that for real. So that's kind of the thing I wanted to put in there. It's like, you definitely feel like he's making it up, but you're kind of going along for the ride because con artists. So yeah, that was fun. <laughs> so that's how I did it, if anybody's wondering. Hmm. Mm. Rooty. <laughs> Do you give Crystal Ball the same kind of energy as like a Ra- Rachel Ghoul, that kind of thing? Uh, no, Rachel Ghoul, I would probably be a bit more like... Physical, surely. They're not just the same hairstyle, Cooch. Yeah, yeah. Hey, no, but hey. Rachel Gould, I'd also have him talking down to people, so he'd be, um, you know. Well, who would you put like, as like a hey, good hey. actor fit for Crystal Ball? Uh, oh, what's his name? Um, if you you'd have to have some killer eyes. To say him. Actually, uh, I was gonna say Steve Buscemi, but not Steve Buscemi. Ah, uh, who's that dude who played the, the sort of the the chief villain slash kind of acolyte in Doctor Strange? He was the guy in Casino Royale. Yes, yes, yes. Him, him. He would be so good. God, I can't believe I forgot his name, but he was also yeah. very... Oh, he was freaky. Uh, You're talking so, about Mads? Uh, Mads Mikkelsen or whatever? Mads no, Mikkelsen. Thank you. That's what I... Was it, yeah. uh, oh, you're thinking of Mads Mikkelsen. Okay, no, sorry. I was thinking of that other one. Sorry, from Quantum. I think it's from Quantum. 
The... I think I could go with what's his name, Strong, that guy that was like the uh, the Sherlock Holmes villain. He was Mark hot Strong. for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was cool, hey. The one who played Mor- Moriarty. Yeah, he was he great. Could, he could bring it. No, not Moriarty, but it's all good. <laughs> oh, I was thinking of the one that was playing Moriarty because he was very good, as well. The chess match. Mm. Uh, the one in the in the, in the TV series. Yeah, he was he was pretty good. Yeah. When in doubt, go Gary Oldman. <laughs> oh, Gary Oldman. Oh, actually, <laughs> he could actually, do anything. Uh, actually, there was a little bit of Gary Oldman <laughs> influence. No, and I'll tell you where where it was from. It was from um, Hannibal, the movie. The the guy that has uh, that was had his face chewed off and stuff like that because that's played. He's played by Gary Oldman, and yeah, um, yes. he speaks like this, you know. And that is actually yeah, that was. The way I looked to try and make him creepy. So it's also uh, worth mentioning that perhaps the best crystal ball art was done by John Royal on a recent cover uh, against yeah. Snake Eyes. Um, <laughs> and you know John Royal is going to be in Augusta, Georgia this summer. So yeah, he's also in the Black Book. Cujo, our con man. Cheers. So, but he ain't no con man. <laughs> has anybody bought anything? cool or been gifted anything cool or maybe bought something that you regretted buying maybe perhaps mm, sounds like a an interesting smash up between new shit section and one of our actual official topics this evening <laughs> which one is it paul let's start on a high note let's uh let's get away uh, get out any new awesome purchases uh i'll start <laughs> off with i have none um, so we'll just move on hey, to the next guy. <laughs> I also have none. Let's move on to the next guy. <laughs> this is a great section. Kujo? I've found a new appreciation for my Black Series prototype Boba Fett figure, the one that's in the Macquarie White. Oh, uh, yeah, he, yeah. he reads really well on camera. I've been using him in uh, videos and stuff. Which oh, one? Cool. Three and three quarter inch or six inch? Black Series, brother. Six black inch, Series. Yeah, six only inch, six. You know Black Series do a three, three quarter inch. Yeah, but not so much. Oh, shit. No, I did not know that, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? No, the, the, the bigger size, it's it's easier to read. You guys capture uh, a lot of character in, in your uh, action figure posing. It's hard to get character out of uh, three and three quarter. Yeah, it's all in the vocal delivery. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Look, I mean, I... I I enjoy the limitations of the uh, vintage G.I. Joe style because you're never going to blur the lines between toy and reality because they are quite stylized, because they are of a kind of a a glossy finish, hard plastic, you know, toy of a bygone era. Mm. Uh, whereas, like, modern three and three quarter inch figures, I'm like, I'm looking at displays here in Beijing where they've just got guys posed very realistically with very realistic equipment, very realistic gear, helmets, paint applications. They look incredible. But I'm like, it's too untoyetic. It's too close to the real thing. You know what I mean? I don't know. Everyone's got a different opinion on the, on the matter, but I just know where my sweet spot is. And I, I think, I think G.I. Joeberg's following, uh, f- occupy that same sweet spot. Anyways, mm. I'm, uh, I'm 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 gabbing, boys. Where are we going? Anything anything exciting what out did there you that get? you guys wish you could buy or anything? Yo, yo, 
Well, which one is it? Well, what did I yeah, get, no, sorry, fuckers? Is is the real question? Uh, I I got a year older. This vessel that I inhabit has uh, <laughs> circumnavigated the sun one more time. Still throwing fists. Um, I'm now working on the 35th journey around the the sun. Uh, but to commemorate the 34 times I have I've uh, orbited, I got myself two Minton Box GI Joe vehicles. Good lord! Can anybody guess what they were? Rob, what do you reckon they were? Uh, I don't know. Silver Mirage. Silver. A silver tiger. <laughs> silver tiger. It's a super soaker with wings. What, what? No, I want to. I want to go down this rabbit hole a little further. What? Um, <laughs> what did you say? A silver tiger. A silver tiger. Soon you're gonna have silver hair like your dad. That, that's why you're like, dude. I'll be like. <laughs> what? What? Uh, what kind of vehicle class is a silver tiger? Well, no, I mean, I mean, the silver mirage. You bought it because of getting older. You were like, I'm getting old now. But oh, I mean, I, I think like a, a silver tiger could probably be a, a, a tank, actually. That'd be pretty cool. You could add it to the uh, the Air Force. <laughs> You're out of your tree. <laughs> Silver Tiger. It's a tank that you can add to your Air Force. You're exactly. Um, just... To put you out of your misery, they're nothing nearly as cool as the Silver Mirage Minton Box. But oh. uh, there were two jets that are much maligned in uh, G.I. Joe collectordom, which... How do you not own all the jets yet? I thought well, you owned all of them. Well, because what? these jets straddle the line between jets and water pistols. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard of the Storm Eagle and the Liquidator? Uh, the Liquidator sounds familiar. Well, I can assure you that you and I as children poured over the images in the catalogues, but these vehicles probably never really appealed to us because we could see that right beneath the vehicle was a child's arm sort of grasping yeah. the uh the, the 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 water the water pistol trigger i mean the jets jump <laughs> yeah no i i i'm starting to remember it now yeah well the, the liquid air was black i think correct it's like a, the storm yeah, eagle was a dragon. sort of a light gray so it's it fits I'm in a, with I'm a lot of the other gi joe air force Mm. Um, but it is based upon the airframe of the YF-23. The YF-23 being the unsuccessful bid for the USA's uh, fifth-generation um, air superiority fighter. It lost out to the F-22 Raptor. Um, so the YF-23 looks similar, but not in a number of respects. It's also still kind of like pseudo-stealth, very low radar cross-section, very interesting space-age-looking uh, airframe. I love the rear of that jet. But there were only two flight-worthy prototypes. The one was called Ooh, the, gray, the Grey Ghost, and the other was called the Spider, I think. Um, it's been an interesting uh, rabbit hole to fall down. Uh, it's, it's a fascinating story behind the jet. And it's cool to have a toy representation of it, of which I'm sure there are very few, and even fewer that can accept a three and three quarter inch GI Joe action figure. Hell yeah! And only one that has a handle. <laughs> Shut your face! <laughs> <laughs> the Cobra uh, jet is uh, a far more tried and true um, airframe, and that's the Saab Draken. 
which is uh, a a Swedish jet from the 1950s, which saw service up until the sort of mid 80s, I think. Um, fantastic looking jet, gee whiz! It's just it's it it represents an era in aircraft design that was very um, uh, the word is ubiquitous, like that kind of very sharp delta or double delta wing design that sweep that certain angle that's just said mach 2 or better basically <laughs> uh, it's in black it um courtesy of ronald hoff he pointed out out that uh, the cobra symbols on the sticker sheet all bear a uh, a crown so mm-hmm. he always reasoned that it would be a kind of a command jet Occupied by typically sort of 1991 Cobra Commander, uh, or, or sort of similarly ranked figures. Isn't um, he in the catalog? Negative. Uh, I can't speak for the American box arts. Uh, uh yeah. but I think, no, so in, I think in the American box art, it's talking Battle Commander's Cobra Commander, which yes. was also in the catalog shot. But interestingly enough, the European box art, which I have, because these were European boxes that were then they had Chinese stickers slapped on them for sale mm. in this market. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's got the European box art, and on the European box art, uh, instead of talking Battle Commander's Hawk in the Storm Eagle, it's got Sci-Fi, 1991 Sci-Fi. I think that's a fantastic mm-hmm. uh, repurposing. And in the Liquidator, instead of talking Battle Commander's Cobra Commander, if I'm not mistaken, they have uh, Saw Viper. Also, fantastic. He looks good in it. And dare I say it, the Saw Viper uniform... He's not flying that thing. ...looks better (laughs) as a jet jock than as a uh, heavy machine gunner. Well, the Saw Viper always looks very kind of lithe. Always very kind of... Afrikaans has this word, scrawl. Which doesn't mm. really have an adequate English uh, translation, but I suppose scrawny would be, you know, he's mm. quite, he's quite a lean dude. He looks mm. much better in an aircraft cockpit than lugging around that ridiculous weapon of his. Mm. Anyways, getting back to the crown on the Cobra sigil of the Liquidators sticker, Ronald said that use it as a command plane. Um, I think the crown is actually really just a. A throwback to the the country of origin, because obviously Sweden, I think it's still a a, a monarchy. So mm. you know it's 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 a it's a kind of callback to the country of origin's uh, political system. Um, but also Ooh. I think there's a cool opening for the Crimson Guard Immortal being the uh, designated pilot. Because those guys are too sexy to waste on the battlefield, man. They they got to have a you know a supersonic jet fighter to to tool around in i reckon yeah they're very expensive they, they're definitely yeah. up in snoke's throne room <laughs> nice <laughs> hopefully hopefully not wetting their turn to to get stuck into the fight hopefully they're a little bit yeah. only using one of their daggers at a time oh jeez yeah. mm, yeah. mm. mm. star wars what a debacle anyone seen the mandalorian i'm up to date uh, on it first... Oh wow! Yeah, I'm I'm not up to date yet. I've watched the first. We can't years. get it in South Africa yet. Ah, uh, no, then I haven't watched it. Yet. Thank you, no. Paulie. Uh, my buddy who lives in San Diego, he's like he celebrated his birthday two days after mine, and he said, "Stephen, I'm not talking to you until you've watched The Mandalorian." 
Oh. Fuck The Last Jedi, fuck uh, Rise of Skywalker, fuck everything. Um, this is where Star Wars is at. Yeah. So I've been fighting since the 21st of November to try and track down an you know, illegal um, way of Whoa. streaming it in China, which is just layers of complexity, I'm afraid. Illegal, um, you mean? Illegal. Whatever, Wait. man. Okay. Disney's not... not they're not uh, tapping this uh, this coma frequency. A illegal and yeah, uh, China is. <laughs> my South African boys, I will I will share you uh, this uh, this source so we can talk about it at our leisure next time. But um, I think my gut response is, I am forever grateful for the era that I was born in. Because I was born into a world where the only Star Wars there was. With three films. Wow. And the rest was left to your imagination. Yep. Oh, and one very cool video game, but let's not go there. <laughs> no, before that, pal. Yeah, Even I know. The late 80s and early 90s, we were adrift. We had nothing. Yeah, we were. We had Rebel Assault and CD-ROM. In 95, Rob and I marched over to the Toys R Us in Claremont. And we... What were the two figures we bought? Robbie? It's not, I got the, the layer, wasn't Thank it? You. I think that was the first one I got, the layer, layer in disguise. Bosch disguise. Yeah, Bosch, Bosch, Bosch disguise. disguise, yeah. It's a good figure. What did I get, Robbie? Did, didn't you get Boba Fett? Correct, Amondo. Yeah, you see, I had to, I had to settle for second, second best. Good man. <laughs> what play pattern did we play? We're Today. bounty hunters, dude. We were motherfucking <laughs> bounty hunters, bitch. We were the Mandalorians, okay? That was our play pattern. So it, it becomes very intriguing to watch someone else's fanfic. Uh, <laughs> with, you know... Our playtime. <laughs> exactly, of our motherfucking playtime. Okay, so it's it's intriguing. That's cool. Yeah, I I just had the video games after the movies. I mean, I had Leia and Bosch. I could never find old Boba Fett, and I did get Luke... Um, in I got Return of the Jedi Luke and I got Return of the Jedi Darth Vader. Oh, and Han in Carbonite because that was just awesome. That was a peg warmer, bitch. <laughs> well, then again, you know, having just come from Hong Kong, where I see a wall to wall of those Power of the Force figures going nowhere, like they will yeah. be mint on card <laughs> for the rest of our lives, dudes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I remember Han and the Com- Carbonite block being a particular peg warmer. Congratulations, Paul. You uh, you fell in the trap. I like Han Solo. So liked it. It's his parents convinced yeah, but he didn't him have his cool it. jacket, man. No, my parents. <laughs> I had to convince my parents I liked. Merry Christmas, Paulie. <laughs> no, no I like Han Solo, and I wanted no, Han Solo. Left. I mean, I I picked up those toys instead of Action Fleet, if memory serves, or instead wow. of Batman stuff at the time as well. So. Oh, and, and and you will see in the forthcoming uh, behind the bamboo curtain, but <laughs> HK has got a lot of Batman the animated series back stock. Wow. Oh wow, that must be pretty Fun cool. God, man. Oh, Dude, wow. I found I found from Batman, um, well Batman 1989, a carded Bob. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> He's got like bat nut kicking action. Like, his leg kicks, but, like, not very high. <laughs> Perfect height to take out uh, Michael Keaton's nutsack. 
And he's got the most derpy eye paint job. Hold, Bells. I just need to publish that damn video. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so, Anyways, I've spoken yeah. way too much. Boys, uh, I turned 35. What else turned 35? Let's hear it in unison. It's Transformers. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> you suck, guys. Okay, it's a G.I. Joe Berg podcast. We don't, we don't care much for transforming robots, but... but that's not true. I'd like to know, what if you true? were a fan of transforming robots... And you played with them as a child. Who was your favorite bot? How did you play with them? Go. As a child, or I think probably. Uh, I don't even know the names of any of the, any of the bots. Like if it isn't Soundwave or, or or Optimus Prime. Describe them, and maybe I can help you. I think uh, he was probably. I mean, I didn't own many. I think as a kid. I think you you probably owned more than I did. Um, eh, for I a think, time, we were neck and neck, buddy. I think okay. Well, as a kid, probably some one of my favorite ones were those um, really well articulated little jets. The um, cyberjets. Yes, the cyberjets. I think I owned one of them or two. Hooligan, the orange one. Or, orange yes. one. Yes, he was probably my favorite because guess what? He's he's essentially a G.I. Joe scale. At least he's the size of a G.I. Joe. And he's exceptionally well articulated, so he, I think he was always fun to play with. And the fact that he was a uh, Tiger Jet, what are they called? F sixteens, F thirty fours. I I I think oh, it was a swing wing design. Yeah, so essentially he's he's a he's a sky striker, but a a, a transforming sky striker. It's funny, like, dude. Now that you mention it, I have no idea. Like a Ponavia tornado didn't have that same tail wing configuration. It had a yeah. V tail, um, so it had elements of the F twenty two, but it had a swing wing design. So it was like a a, a thunder chief. It's its own thing, yeah. Or, yeah. You know, there are a number of different um, fighters that it, it could have taken. But I always found him to be fantastic. I mean, because he's so. Because I think the thing with transformers to make them easier to play with, they, you need to be able to transform them quickly. I mean, it's, it's cool to have really complex ones. I mean, probably my favorite one. I mean, okay, it's not terribly complex, but Masterpiece Soundwave is gorgeous. And he's not too terribly complicated. But I mean, like, I think Steven owns a bunch of exceptionally complicated Masterpiece things. And I think I've tried to transform them, like, maybe once and given up, like, halfway. And then Steven has to figure out how to <laughs> turn them back into their vehicle form. Oh, I made a meal of that when I was at his place last time. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember that. But um, yeah, I think I think the Cybergist was was some of the coolest ones to play with. I mean, we had lots of vehicles, some of the Generation Two ones. Um, I think Generation Two, probably my favorite, was a purple biplane. I think uh, it was a biplane. Uh, blades, I think. Blades, yes. Not blades. He, no, no, blades was a play. blades was a G one. Um, gosh, it was wow. a a Corsair. Yes. Um, it was super purple. He had a cool round but head. But purple, and part of the kind of rotor, you know, they would launch a, sort of a a rotor blade. <laughs> well, Rotorbots? Really cool. I mean, and it's maybe the Rotorbots, but the cool thing is that at least at their scale, that kind of mechanism and the fact that it was that type of jet fitted into the, you know, into the, the makeup of the vehicle. Or the plane, yeah. Um, it didn't feel like it was, you know, superfluous. You know, like often when you get spring spring mounted vehicles, 
not one of vehicles, but spring-mounted mechanisms and other figures. It feels like, oh, you know, why is this thing here? Yeah, I think when we played with Transformers, we did, there, were, there weren't any gener- Generation 1 Transformers. Um, on the shelves, no. Yeah, no, on the shelves. I mean, I know Stephen, well, also from the, I think this is the right before, Stephen owned Power Dive. Hmm. That was a cool guy. Oh, my, guy, my guy's name was Ransack. No. What? Yeah. Yeah, that's his name, dude. His greatest great is getting left out of the World War II era TF Joe crossover. Honestly, if he couldn't get spotlight time there, he might as well give up. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, his name is Ransack slash Blitz. Blitz. Yes, Blitz. It was Blitz. Ritz. Ritz. <laughs> wow, okay. Blitz. I never would have guessed that he was your favorite, but uh, what a unique Transformer. I mean, I know GoBots had a uh, a Corsair, and he was called Bentwing. So mm. GoBots kind of, like, had a bit more variation, but I think Transformers typically stayed with modern transforming vehicles. Yeah. They didn't dip but into also, the vintage aircraft. When, like, playing with jets in, like, bigger scale, I found it to be a, a bit like you're just running back and forth. It's a lot easier to play jets when you're, you know, at this kind of scale, I think, a Transformers scale. You can actually have a lot more fun. Well, I think you can actually get the kind of sense of speed and and majesty of like an open sky compared to like uh, holding this this big vehicle this as long as your arm and you're trying to like <laughs> you know run full tilt and like I'm so far away from the other guy and you know he's just down the passageway. Though as children we didn't have GI Joe jets. I think yeah. the the first Joe jet that we ever possessed was the Sky Raven, and that, I distinctly remember, was for my 14th birthday. Uh, so And, and like, I remember the Sky Raven, I would often, like, just switch off the lights in the room and just kind of pretend I was flying a stealth mission over a darkened city. Like, it wasn't a case of running around the garden at full tilt trying to simulate the speed. <laughs> oh, there's a cupboard. Well, no, it was like, it was a top-secret snooping mission. It was always very fast, very high very kind of like you hardly felt like you were in the sky at all you felt like you were essentially in a vacuum space basically you were in this yeah. completely well, black we, environment we, we and the conversation work. was between pilot and co-pilot very kind of very involved very personal very like technical it was less about i don't know flying around and shooting things that you're in your immediate vicinity it was very distant have you found peeping Tom scenarios to arouse you later in life? <laughs> peeping Tom scenarios. Sorry, Cooch, I've had a few, so you have to unpack that for me and the listeners. You've had I'm a few. Saying, uh, You've had a few. You, you had conversations like in the dark watching people from the Night Raven. I wonder if that transferred <laughs> to like looking through keyholes and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were always delivering a, a deadly payload. Well, Stevens already admitted he had a few. He's had a few experiences like that. Mm. <laughs> oh, deadly a... payload. Shut the hell up. I've had a few loggers is what I've had, and I've just dropped Hound's magazine. That's what you meant. I thought you meant I that you had contribute. a few Tom experiences. I would say, I would, uh, Rob, did we get all your Transformers goodness? Oh, absolutely, yeah. We, we, we're out there, my dude. And what to is, that I, point, peeping Tom experiences, look, guys, I, I work in the performing arts. <laughs> there are extremely, like, gorgeous, you know, pieces of tail, for well, a better word, hmm, um, getting too. into various states of undress backstage all the time. Um, <laughs> 
It's easy to drive one to distraction. Let, let me save you from a lump of coal in your stocking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> from Mrs. Claus. No, I, I probably come at this conversation, uh, and, and we can definitely get back to the Peeping Tom in, in episode 160. Oh, um, no, dude. One day, my wife might listen to this. One day. Um, <laughs> right now. Hi, Kim. Hi, Kim. <laughs> I, do, I do enjoy when you and her team up on the videos. It brings a, a, a cool energy to it. But So do I. She uh, always undercuts me. Silly bitch. Nice. Mm. Well, she's doing her job. Finally, get to feel what that's like. (laughs) (laughs) Too shy. (laughs) So, Kujo, tell us about your Transformers experiences. You know what? Somewhere out in some frozen field, looking at the northern lights, Merc is shaking his head at us. What's up, brother? (laughs) Um, I'll carry the torch for you on this one. I did not. uh, I did not get into Transformers, but there is one that's kind of a showpiece and. And I did think about this when Steven chatted it up. I was like, why don't I connect with Transformers? You can't quantify anything that they are. That's the problem. Like, your weapons, well, what kind of damage are they doing? Uh, but I did have Jetfire, I think is his name. He's like a big red and white jet. Oh, we know Jetfire is. You did well. Had yeah. kind of the Robotech ears, that kind of thing. Or Stacking apple seed. Bro, that is a standalone Transformers like a unicorn. It is. The Jetfire. Yeah. Well done. You have a discerning taste. Well, it, he had that gun that you could. What, what would you say? That was like a bazooka? Or how would you. What, what came yeah, it's out of that? Gun. Gun. It's a machine it's gun. Bullets. It's a Vulcan rifle. It looked like a cigar. Yeah, it did. The Robotech uh, files amongst us would say that it's a gun pod. So it's, well, its shape is to make it aerodynamic because it's supposed to be underslung On as a pod, form. you know, yeah, in the yeah. jet form. But inside there are three rotating barrels and it fires big ass mm-hmm. bullets. I wish I'd known that. 60 millimeters, I think. Yeah. But he. Awesome. Stupidly large. I didn't like the Joe comics where they had big robots or transformers in them. It just, it, it never feels like an intuitive matchup to me. I know other people see different things, but, uh, no, Jetfire kind of found his way into some play patterns. Not much. Um, but I did, I did respect, uh, Shockwave just from the comics and, uh, kind of like the Destro character. He was interesting. Um, Did you integrate but, uh, Jetfire um, with your Joes as a kind of a zoomed out Sky Striker esque jet? I didn't. I couldn't do it. But he did okay. work for me as like a, a kind of like a menacing robot support, obviously. Kind of like a chicken walker, something like that. Yeah. Oh, so never as jet mode. No, huh? <laughs> so it went into <laughs> jerwalk mode, the sort of hybrid half jet, half robot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But Shockwave, though, they're all dead. Remember that cover? Whew, that's one of the classic covers. Can I forget the cover? Um, what was the story like though? Well, I do, I do know the young Curtis was looking at like a comic, and he had Optimus Prime's head. They were keeping it alive, and Shockwave was just talking to it, and I was like, oh, this is dark. And so mm-hmm. I did respect uh, Transformers storytelling. It just, I couldn't. I needed something real, probably like Merc, who's handling real steel, that kind of stuff. Like, you you want to know, oh, a G.I. Joe has an AK-47? You're like, okay. You know, it gives it gives it something grounded. Oh, on point, uh, the man responsible for the AK-47 died two days ago. Something collapsed. Yeah. 94 years old. This dude's some, seen some shit, man. Well, that guy put a lot of bananas of death into people. Banana clips. <sighs> well, you wonder... This. 
does does he sleep mm-hmm. well at night or did he sleep well at night? Clearly he must have slept very well to live to 94. Well, yeah, he made um, one of the he made one of the most iconic weapons in history. The most prolific killers of people. Yeah, yeah I know for sure, really but well. it works. I mean, did he win the Nobel Peace back. Prize? Anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, okay, I have this, I have this sinister thought that they give the Nobel Peace Prize to the dead, the sneakiest, deadliest person in the world. That's, that's, that's my hunch. Because the less people we have in the world, the less, you know, all that. They probably call it the so they Nobel prolong, Peace Prize. They prolong our existence. The people that kill the most people. <laughs> so, mm. Hmm. Okay, sorry. Ever heard of the one-child policy? We're living in the aftermath of that here in China. Enjoy. <laughs> well, true story. Okay, if you are the child of a one-child family, you can have two kids with someone who is also a child of a one-child family. Whoa. Hey. Yeah, that, that's cool. You can you, you can replace yourself. Double your kids. Well, no, I mean, you basically, you know, a union will hopefully be two people. Um, so you're essentially just replacing <laughs> yourself. But if you are a child of a two-child family, you can only have one child. I, I have just a, just like a couple, three sentences maybe of some real tasty conspiracy. Should I drop that or no? Heck yeah. Give it Always, to us. bro. Throw the cat among the pigeons. There's no debating that China is more efficient. They understand how to control people, make them work, build towards something, carry the, the company line. They're ahead of the West. But why? But And then I think about those reset cities, all those empty cities. Like, they're ready to, to start up again if something happens. Bro, China is the only nation on the planet who have a thousand-year plan. A plan. I was going to yeah, say the exact they're... same thing. Is that they're a real they... thing? The, yep. Yes, it is absolutely a real thing. Well, and then you have you have essentially the English who who don't they don't trust each other. The the East and, and the English don't trust each other. So you have a bunch of English folk. They they shoot off to America and start their own thing because they ha- they have to get away from the drama to build anything. And then you have the industrialized world. You're welcome. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Could you need to decolonize your mind, bro? I don't know if it's it's straightforward like that, but <laughs> it's interesting though when you think about you need to don a loincloth and go back to living in the cave, my brother. No, I'm just uh, I'm just reverse engineering, but uh, you know it's not like we've had firsthand uh, information on China and you kind of lay it out in a colorful way. It's interesting. Ah, uh, look, man, this world is just filled with people like you and me. We might speak a different language and look slightly different, but we're all concerned with the same things. Eating, shitting, breeding. Getting laid, getting paid. That's not going to win you the Nobel Peace Prize. Wait, who's next on the Transformers hit list? That is Paul. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he's your uh, favorite Transformer. Oh, my favorite Transformer is Soundwave, but... um, But I, I, to this date, I've only ever had one version of him, and I still only have one version of him. No, I lie. I have two versions of him. One of them is a drone. Anyway, okay, so, like, <clears throat> my Transformer history is really interesting because... We'll be the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> the first Transformer I got wasn't actually a Transformer. It was a it was a GoBot. It was, like, some orange truck 
from GoBots that a friend of mine like dubbed Optimus Prime, and I just having not even known <laughs> poor man's Transformer, not knowing anything about Transformers, I just knew that somehow this piece of shit was not the leader of the Transformers. And uh, yeah, he was cool, whatever, and blah blah blah. And then later on, that same friend, his dad actually brought us. Um, him, his brother, and myself all got a Power Masters Prime, as that's known in America, but otherwise it's God Ginrai. We all got one of those, the Japanese version of it, which is awesome. And so Optimus used to hobble along because, you know, you can't move his legs independently. So it was a lot of fun to, like, hold him up as a base and do all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, God Ginrai you know, is amazing. Yeah, he used to sort of be, like, kind of a base for my G.I. Joes at one point, you know, like, because, you, you know, you turn him into that, like, sort of fourth version of himself. And, yeah. No, I got yeah, so, yeah, so they they were that was really cool. That's kind of what what you know, that was fun. And then I met David and David has like a shit ton of Transformers, which was like all G one and late G one. So it was like Swamp Masher and oh, Swamp Masher. Skull Crusher and um this like three headed dragon, it's like pink and white three headed dragon and he Snap had trap. It could be Snaptrap. I don't know what his name is. I've never been able to find it on the internet. Shit. Uh, that specific Transformers one. knowledge. Fail. But, <laughs> but, uh. On the same year the Transformers were. No, but it's not just that. It's just that they were Japanese as well. And David had their, their cards, you know, that you clip up from the back with the, with the Wasn't stuff. Wasn't the double headed dragon called Sinner Twin or something? It could be. I, <laughs> Which I, I only realize now is like a play on cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> That's so stupid. But they both had that uh, feature where if you put the the little dude in, you can see the stats of the of the transformer. So I think it was like a headmaster thing or something. Anyway, yeah, they had that feature. Sure. Yeah, so that was really cool. They used to work with Cobra. David and I used to set that up where they would be like part of Cobra because they were bigger than GI Joes, but not much bigger. So that they kind of they integrated quite well in that whole thing. And then we got G two transformers here. So. I got that really awesome rocket launcher, which has this feature that you can plug onto the jets, and then you can look through the rocket launcher and sort of see what the jet's seeing. You know, like uh, that was it was a fun little feature. I think it's called uh, Super Sight. Yes, there we go. The Mega Visor. Yeah. And the rocket launcher tank in hot pink and teal. Yeah, it's hot Stalker. Oh, I mean, there we go. My friends, the the trifecta of like cool Decepticon. Hot pink, and with the codename Stalker. Well, uh, I loved yeah. that toy. That toy was a lot of fun. It was a lot of win. And then I also got the, the blue helicopter that went with that. And then I got a Rotor Storm. And I got a handful of the jets actually um, that connected to to Stalker's missile, which was that was cool because that like they became quite a big feature. They also had like a YF23 kind of design jet, purple one I think, that went with that. Yeah. And they had a they had like a grey F one seventeen looking type thing as well. Um, Hulk, I think his name was. Oh, he was or cool. Falcon. I got him. Yeah, David's mom got it for me from Hong Kong, so that was cool. Um, so I had a lot of fun with those. Those those were essentially my Transformers as a kid, and yeah, but like now I'm a whole different ball game. I mean, now I'm like I love the damn things. I just try not to buy them because I'm not like I don't want to be a Transformers collector if that makes any sense. You know, I want to. Kind of have the Transformers that I love, like Soundwave, and um, you know uh, Thundercracker, not Thundercracker, uh, Skywarp, and you know I've got a cool Bumblebee now. I've got uh, 
masterpiece Megatron and Optimus. And I love my masterpiece Optimus. He's a lot of fun as well. And I feel like even though the scale's not right, it's still cool having him stomp along with G.I. Joe uh, because he's he's got quite a good stature to him. But yeah, that would that's kind of like me as far as Transformers go. Well, you dodged a bullet there, my boy, because can I just say that being here in the seat of Transformers uh, production and seeing yeah. the insanely cool shit that Hasbro is putting out officially and the even more insanely cool shit that the third-party Transformers oh, companies are putting out. Bro, it's insane. <laughs> you, if you're a Transformers fan, where do, you, where do you draw the line? Yeah. It's all so good. You see the bar set by the big boys, i.e. Hasbro, and you see that bar surpassed by the little guys, you know, offering a more boutique experience but just like firing on all cylinders and it's like there is no end to how much you can spend to worship your hobby if you're a Transformers fan particularly in the East because you're not seeing it you know online and adding to your cart you're mm. seeing it firsthand not just in the mm. box but posed seductively and in glass yeah. cases doing battle with other similarly sized and price pointed bots like it's it's ejaculatory <laughs> well, I, I mean i look uh, at the glass cases i have an extent guys i could change my lyrics <laughs> <laughs> well i do agree that soundwave uh, especially if you were playing the Eye of the Tiger tape deck a lot in your youth. Soundwave was pretty cool. Those tapes were pretty cool. Like the Hawk I... and the, the Puma. You know what I think, uh, uh, Ravage. like Ravage and Laserbeak? <laughs> oh, laser Kurj, yeah. you know many things, but Transformers ain't one of them. It wasn't a Puma? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a Puma, though. Was yeah, it an Atari Lynx? <laughs> no, it was not an Atari Lynx. It actually did something. Whatever, a jaguar, a panther. It was a cat, a black it's cat. It's a puma. It's a puma. That's what a puma is. Ravage, Soundwave's master of espionage. Steven's like, we're making up animals. Yeah, savage. <laughs> he, he's real savage. He needed a turtle tape. A turtle tape. That would have been cool. I can, like a turtle pops out of his chest. That would be that would be pretty interesting. No man, like <laughs> a turtle pops out of his chest. You got the wrong, uh, wrong, wrong, wrong hemisphere. <laughs> what t- what tape would you have pop out of his chest, Stephen? A uh, chest burster. No, ah. oh, that's too meta. It'd be an alien, dude. <laughs> Make an alien chest burster that comes out of Sunwear's chest. Come on, and it can be like red. <laughs> no, but like seriously, coming back mm-hmm. to um. Coming back to Soundwave, well, I just, <laughs> I just gotta say that dude is really cool. I really admire his, I really, I really admire the fact that he's kind of, you know, he's always doing what he needs to do. He's never, there's like no shit with him. He's just, he's loyal to Megatron, which except when he wants cool. to make a play for leadership, didn't he? No, Soundwave that's not... superior, Constructicons inferior. Yeah, but that's because I think in within the the hierarchy of the of the Decepticons, I think him and Shockwave are very well sort of respected, you know, and they like the directly underneath Megatron, you know, both waves. <laughs> Bro, credit to the 
Transformers versus G.I. Joe comic book where, oh, what a masterstroke. Like, making Soundwave and Shockwave brothers. I don't yeah. know if that's a thing in the Transformers world, but to it's make cool Soundwave... Was it Soundwave? No, it was Shockwave who was mourning his brother's demise. Yeah. Fucking hell, man. I wish people could look past the, the you know, the derpy art and just know the genius of that book because <laughs> hey now. it was... Hey now. Yeah, I know you don't like me throwing that word around, Cooge. No, no, no. I, I would, I would say that in this moment, <laughs> let's extend an, an invite to Tom Scholey. He'd be, I'd love to chat him up about that book. I would say that if you look across his recent work, he did GoBots recently, and I think he's doing Fantastic Four. Um, yeah, grand, grand design. GI Joe and Transformers. That's his. That's his. That's his seminal work for me. I think for a lot of people. Magnus Opus, and you just said seminal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, guys, I I I've, I've wanted to voice this unpopular opinion for some time now. I think I might have said it on our Tom Shirley Transformers versus GI Joe special, but I don't know if I, I if I made it clear enough. Transformers are better than GI Joe. Transformers versus GI Joe by Tom Shirley is the greatest G.I. Joe book since G.I. Joe Special Missions. Wow. Yeah, I I can... I'm sorry, I can second that. last half hour audience. No, because I really enjoyed the shit out of that book. Like, I haven't enjoyed anything G.I. Joe flavored that much since I read that um, novel. Because you were involved with the black book. Yeah, but that's... that's Yeah, there we go. That's its That's its own species. No, I will tip my cap to Sholdy. He inspired a lot of my line work. Uh, I, I agree with Stephen that if you're looking at creators who used the G.I. Joe license or, or enjoyed the G.I. Joe license, I would say that Sholdy put his heart into that book. There's no question. He made me excited to play with my G.I. Joes again. Yeah. Why? That's a pretty powerful uh, statement, I'd say. Uh, you know... It, it, this hyper-realistic vein or light that that some authors hope to put G.I. Joe in doesn't work for me, man. Nope. Nope, not working with Steven. Don't Jason Bourne my G.I. Joe. I want all the <laughs> color. I want all the fireworks. I want it all. I want all the fun. Give him Ooh. the fireworks, guys. You're in China. There's tons of fireworks there, apparently. <laughs> This is kind of a, and I, I I'll, I'll just kind of speak this plainly. If you're, if you've been reading IDW, GI Joe, and stuff like that, I, I always mm. enjoy people's takes, and I, I definitely, uh, I'll tip my cap to Full Force and uh, Chris and and whoever does the comics with him, uh, but because he has he has different people on there. But no, I mean they they frame. Oh, I that think it's series. Paddy, isn't it Paddy? Paddy. Paddy indeed. Lennon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But no, I think I think with GI Joe there was a there was a fan kind of uh, out kind of like the fans spoke and then they, they took GI Joe to kind of like a brutal place like everybody was real kind of Nethos's art is almost suited for like a Tales from the Crypt style his line work it's all very brushy and stuff like that I don't know it it, it definitely doesn't suit the GI Joe that I I would want to read nowadays I I'm kind of more in line with like a Kickley or or Sholey like that kind of art that's easy to access like the line work that's just a personal Jeez. preference i guess yeah it's, 
well, I was watching the Transformers movies on Netflix, or one of them. I mean, like, the most fun that those films are uh, is smashing toys together for me. Like, that's pretty much all the excitement I get out of it. Um, especially, like, I, I enjoy the first three movies. I do. Um, but, I, like, <laughs> there's just a moment in there. I'm just like, this is just really expensive smashing of toys together. And it's cool because it made me want to pull out of... I actually pulled out a few of my Transformers to like transform and mess around with and stuff after watching those films. Because I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm in the mood for this. And then it got me thinking, like, to... why didn't they just introduce G.I. Joe in that? And then we could have also had G.I. Joes. But whatever. Yeah. And not to detract from the words that you said about Sholi. Definitely, Tom, reach out. Mm. Do it. Make us talk to you. <laughs> yeah, but like... Uh, one thing I, I got to say something about Transformers as well. For me, and I don't know, I like, I don't know why. I just, I always felt like, when I was a kid, like a little kid, I was like, I, I always felt like I was the only kid who didn't have Transformers. If that makes sense, because, like, all oh, the kids in my primary school. Shit. No, no, but hear me out. All the kids in my <laughs> primary school used to like have these cool robot toys, and then in like, I remember in first and second grade, there was this kid who had some, like, I think it's like a jet that also transforms into a wolf or something like that. It's crazy. I don't know what it's, what transformer that is, but it was definitely a transformer. I think it was even a Decepticon, to be fair. Six shots. But it, is it six shots? Because I can't, oh. I just remember purple and white, or pur like purple, gray and white, purple and white, green. Yeah. Dude. The Decepticon Ninja Consultant six shot. Hey, Rob. <laughs> but like you see like kids had that now that you know who i am look out <laughs> but like sorry man stuff, there was know, an like... incredible um episode of the cartoon which had been dubbed so mm. after after the transformers cartoon had died <laughs> in the western world it continued to you know have new episodes like headmasters was a japanese thing and then it just blossomed from there I don't know. I, Transformers fans hit me up. Um, you know, it, it, it continued for a number of years in Japan. Yeah. But right. those episodes have been dubbed and they are laughable because, you know, it just doesn't translate well. Like, <laughs> no, man. Calling, calling a Decepticon your ninja consultant, like, surely there's a more apt Western <laughs> term for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's very stilted and it's very fun, but man. If if those dubs are still available on YouTube, I would urge anyone with even a passing interest to look them up, because you will see recognizable latter G1 Transformers, typically the Headmasters, in fact, just with the most ridiculous voiceovers and most ridiculous dialogue. <laughs> Fun. So yeah, so like that's what it was for me. It was like I was like, how how's everybody getting these things and. I could just, I just never had them, you know, my parents never, like, went to places where there were, like, really cool toy shops, you know, and if they did, I mean, I was only allowed to spend, like, geez, about five minutes in there, and at the time, it was all Masters of the Universe, Thundercats, or, um, God knows what else at the time, and, uh, so, yeah, so most of, like, you guys, uh, most of my toys, like, came, well, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking of Steven now, but a lot of my toys came from, like, Pick and pay checkers or CNA, and they used to have like Ghostbusters, Bionic Six, and GI Joe, and Dino Riders, which was awesome. But I, I never saw, I never saw the Robotech toys, and that, apparently they were around when we were kids. 
Um, Dude, that's funny. The only time I ever saw Robotech toys was when I was in Joburg. Mm. Yeah, I just, so I you never just, saw you them. just didn't know where to look, son. Yeah, well, that that was the thing. I mean, you know, I, I couldn't exactly tell my mom, oh, I want to go here, you know, because mm. you know, that's not how it works. You had to come to Santon, my bro, like where white privilege is so real there. Yeah, well, I only went to Santon for the first time, I think, when I was in Standard 3. What is that, grade 6? Grade 5? <laughs> <You know, laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was my first foray into to going there. So yeah anyway Wild. so video games i had video games <laughs> yeah i know the death of your imagination shame yes and that god awful transformers game on the NES, where also once again he plays ultra magnus yeah but we also thought he was optimus prime because he transforms into a truck whatever and uh yes that was cuck but i mean i think i got to the third level i was really impressed because that was not easy to do because the bullets are the same color as the background in some levels Bro, then... <laughs> once again, I have to put a recommendation out into the world. Thu is probably not only the greatest toy reviewer in existence, but, you know, the greatest... No, I fucked that up. Thu is not only the greatest Transformers reviewer, toy reviewer in existence, but probably the greatest reviewer of all time. Um, he, he is practically prosaic in his approach. I love his Look that stuff. up. Yeah. Anyways, he did a attempted playthrough of the Nintendo Entertainment System Transformers game. <laughs> it's um yeah, it it gave the man a few frustrations. Let me assure you. Yeah, it's a piece of shit. Fucking evil. That game is evil. Pure evil. Yeah, that's no, ridiculous. People are like, oh, Silver Surf is the most difficult game on the NES. I'm like, not compared to that piece of shit. So, at least some stuff that you can actually play. So, yeah. No, but like, yeah. So, yeah, so I had to wait until I was a little bit older to really appreciate and get my hands on Transformers. And let me let our listeners know that when I had the opportunity, I took it. I have a lot of plastic robots in my house. Not quite as many as Steve does and not as well curated as, as Steve's collection, but I love me some plastic robots. And that Siege line that's currently out, Ooh, wow. And Earthrise, wow. There's a lot of stuff out there. I mean, if, if we were doing a, a, an episode on shit that we really want right now, uh, a lot of that for me right now is Transformers and Joy Toy 1 to 18 scale mix. Because, but guys, mm. I have to put this question out to perhaps not <laughs> the best uh, panel to answer it, but certainly uh, I'm, I'm intrigued to hear your responses anyways. Each time they do a new wave or new kind of series of Transformers, each one nowadays better than the previous, it will inevitably have another Optimus and another Megatron. Mm. What do you do with the previous series one? Like, (laughs) surely, you know, that was the best one until now. Now the Mm. new one's the best one. Like... (laughs) How many Optimuses can you possibly have in your fucking collection? Yeah, it's like the Snake Eyes thing. You stop collecting. No, you keep going. Just keep going and going. going. And you you sell off the previous. No, you keep it. It's another (laughs) toy. Why get rid of it? It's Optimus again. You skip your son's baseball game to talk to Optimus. (laughs) 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 Cooge 
You are on all cylinders at 9.30 a.m. <laughs> well, this is our new podcasting time. I hope you're happy with that. <laughs> oh, jeez. Guys, i got to second my man Paul when I say that my favorite bot, it's got to be that stalker. Why? She, this is This is interesting because that... That toy is a European exclusive, but <clears throat> we fall under that umbrella. So it mm. did not see release in the United States or Canada, oh. I believe. It was uh, repressed for the Machine Wars line, but kind of lost some of that 90s fun. Because let's examine it. it it's a tank, a missile tank with a gigantic ICBM-style missile mounted <clears throat> centrally on it which was removable and cast in white which is a good color for an icbm um, but missile, every yeah. other motherfucking color on that thing is ridiculous oh, so disco. missiles in a neon green uh tank treads in a hot pink uh the body of the vehicle what do you call that a turquoise yeah, I'd say it's like a yeah, it's like a dark turquoise, yeah, kind of cyan. With some think. sort of copper yeah. accents dotted here and there. Uh, but here's the clincher: this guy's specialty was communications expert, and in that sense, he's very much a sound wave. But it goes deeper because his head sculpt, and I'm gonna say this about g2 sort of the the g1 g2 era the head sculpts were second to none only made cooler by the fact that they were the the year that really really made light piping a thing yeah and to anyone who owns a row of g1 late g1 early g2 figures transformers and you've lined them up on a shelf that gets a bit of backlight Hopefully sunlight. I mean, the, the best thing to do basically is to put them on your, your windowsill. Mm. Because when you see those light pipings glowing of their own accord, it gives them a life like no other toy. It's blinding. And it's in a hot pink for the Autobots and a, and a neon green for the Decepticons. And that kind of color coding was sublime. Like, the face of an Autobot was silver, set into a blue helmet with the pink, the piercing pink eyes. And the face of a Decepticon was a black helmet with a copper detailing and green eyes. And that just set up an amazing dichotomy that, like, to this day, when I think of Transformers, I think most vividly of, like, the the iconography that I am most drawn to, it's that... Because there's so much life in that. And Stalker just was my favorite because he was chunky, he was a tank mode, he was a ground-based Decepticon. He had that Soundwave-esque specialty, you know, communications experts slash, you know, intelligence operative, um, subterfuge. His his, uh, tech spec spoke about sowing seeds of confusion and whatnot, whatever it said. I mean, basically, he was just... A cool cerebral thinker's man's transformer. <laughs> and you could bend his knees. <laughs> but you could. There was a little bit of posing. Yeah. You could also beat his chest like a you know King Kong. <laughs> a gorilla. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, he could mount his big ass missile on his back and kind of. There was a third mode if you got creative and sort of tuck his head away and like have the missile <laughs> face forward as a kind of a gigantic laser weapon. <laughs> I used it as that kind of Death Star laser. Um, he had a spring firing <laughs> missile launcher which was very potent. Mm. <laughs> And while many of those missile launchers have succumbed to gold plastic syndrome, I find my original Stalker missile launcher to not only be free from any crumble, you know, any GPS, but also to have still the most potent spring in all Transformerdom. Did you start the landing? Thank you. Mm. Done. Uh, notable mention, uh, Sideburn from Robots in Disguise. Oh, wow. Sideburn. Yeah, the, the Dodge Viper, hey. The Cyberjets gave us the first taste of super-articulated, ball-jointed Transformers, proving to us that Transformers could also pose. Hey, fancy that. Um, Beast Wars solidified that super-posable fun, but Robots in Disguise married it with the G1 car aesthetic by giving us chrome and rubber tires to go with the superposability. So yeah, the the, the Autobot brothers, X-Brawn, uh, Prowl, and Sideburn were favorites. Rob, ironically, had those, yeah. you had the majority of those brothers. You had X-Brawn right. and Prowl, and I had Sideburn, and boy, did I love that... Uh, what was it? A Cobra. No? A Viper. Dodge, Dodge Viper. Viper. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that vehicle well. <laughs> a perfect weapon for an imperfect future. Viper. God, that night drive the ripple, which I quite enjoyed. Yeah. Shut your fucking face, boy. It wasn't a ripple. It was great. It was the best. Yeah, it was. It was. It was what Flash was to Batman. <laughs> the movie. Oh, <laughs> we loved it. We loved it so much. I loved it too, don't get me wrong. I think it's a cool concept. It's a good way to spend a Saturday night, to tell you. Yeah, well, a bit of Paul trivia on those Transformers. I saw them um, in a Reggie's in Cresta, and that was when the Reggie's in Cresta was still cool because it was it was like just over overstocked, you know, just full of stuff. So they even had like one, two, six scale G.I. Joe outfits in there for like a sort of re-release Heroes line of G.I. Joe stuff. So I remember seeing that and being quite excited and then being, uh. but nestled Were they the always corner... on the bottom floor at Krista? Yes. Yeah, so they, they always never moved. There. No, they never moved. You see, before they, before they moved it there, there used to be other toy shops in there. So Reggie's was sort of relatively new. And, um. Sure. And they had competition back then. <laughs> yeah. They Nowadays, actually, they're, they're, <laughs> they're the only game in town. Well, not no, yeah. Well, yeah, they they had competition. Now there's two decent toy shops in Cresta. If you count Toys R Us as a decent toy shop these days, um, because Toy Kingdom is also there now. But anyway, um, I digress. Uh, nestled in the corner of that shop were side, you know, was uh, I keep wanting to call them Sidewinder, but it's Sideswipe, isn't it? Um, and X Brawn and uh, Prowl. Was it Prowl? Sideburn, no. dude. You Sideburn. are a goldfish. Sorry, I was just because I was when you mentioned it, I was thinking of that story, and then um, <laughs> I remember they were like four hundred bucks or something. I think they were, I think three hundred and eighty or four hundred bucks. And at the same time, a game came out called Metroid Fusion. Now I opted to buy the game instead of the Transformer, and that is because you suck. No, not really. Metroid Fusion ended up being one of the best games <laughs> I ever bought. Whatever. And also Where? quite rare, quite rare to boot in South Africa, to be fair. 
but I was very like pleased when when I was over at Steven's place the one time and he actually had that toy and I got to actually experience them because I always try to imagine what they were like, you know, because when I went back with money to go and get them, they were all sold out. So the Johannesburg equivalent of Stephen, Rob, and Paul went and picked them up. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, true story. Did you know, Rob, I don't know if you remember, but Sideburn was a gift from you to me. Ha! Huh. <laughs> really? Yeah, dude. Yeah, I, you got it for me. So I was I making both all of those. You wow. basically bought all three. Because it was, they, you bought them at. Um, <laughs> and I gave one to you. Ah, oh, You bought them from uh, the Paro factory toy shop. Yes. If I'm recalling correctly. Right. Yeah, I think. Or that's maybe right. from CNA. Maybe I don't know. One of the two. But I do remember. No, definitely was, not CNA. Yeah, it was one of those two. I remember I was in my parents' kitchen and you gave it to me. I unwrapped this thing. I was like, "What the hell is this? A transformer? <laughs> they still make those? <laughs> Incredible." Yeah, but it was, it and was it's cool posable. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> good times we had. Bowl, posable, fantastic paint job, and rubber tires and chrome, chrome hubcaps. Yeah, yeah. They're not diecast. I keep thinking they're diecast, but they're not. I, they always no, used to look. But... They always appeared diecast. So in my mind, I was like, oh, they're diecast. You know. Because I think particularly in uh, X Brawn and um, Sideburn's case, and I speak only of the powered up versions, so the red Sideburn and the white X Brawn. Jeez, with guys, castle, anyone with without a Transformers slant has jumped off a long time ago. <laughs> but um, if you are still with us, those versions were transparent plastic painted up. So uh, the paints had a glossy finish, which I think, yeah, might have fooled you into thinking they were die cost. Yeah, they were really good well, at the time. Very, I'm... very um, vibrant. Yeah. yeah, fantastic paint jobs. I saw the non-powered up version of X-Brawn at a toy market in Guangzhou not too long ago. I went there the next day, it was gone. I was like, what the hell? This toy has stayed in this toy shop for, okay, those things were released in 2001, so 18 years. It has Mm. stayed in this toy shop for 18 years. I see it, pick it up, set it aside thinking, ah, it's waited this long Maybe it'll it wait a little wait longer. If I, if I come <laughs> back the next day, I'll probably find it and, you know, have have had time to kind of reflect on whether I wanted to buy it or not. And it was <laughs> gone. Dudes, can That's I just not... impart to you the wisdom <laughs> that I have acquired in many, many years of toy collecting? If you have the cash and you see the thing, you buy it. Buy the you thing. buy it without yeah. any fucking hesitation but yep. i've seen that so many times at the comic book shop where, where someone will come in the morning they'll look at something they'll be like oh this looks so cool um you know and they put it back and then something that's been there for months if not for years. ages and ages yeah. and then by the afternoon someone else comes in and buys it and i'm like and then that people... poor sad sack comes back he comes back and, and like, they're like Ooh. thumbing through the same places like thinking but yeah. it was here who would have moved it? And, <laughs> Why then, is it and then I have to break it to them that, you know, it's out of print and we can't get it anymore. It's like, oh, what have I done? So, yeah, I, I definitely back that up uh, in any collecting situation, whether it's toys or comics, any any situation. If you have the money do it, and you see the thing, get it straight That's up. why I have Metroid Fusion now. Hell yeah. That's, what's, that's, that's what's why cool. I have a Liquidator and a Storm Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> I am very happy you got those, by the way. So, yeah. Yeah, That's these these all sound like very 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 happy buys. But is there any anything that you guys re- regret buying after the fact? Hmm. 
<laughs> I, 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 I have something that, that I, I, I think I don't regret a lot of things I've ever bought. I think, I mean, I, I take forever to decide what to buy, especially like when it's, when it's not Joe related, but there are a couple of things. Snake Plissken. <laughs> no, 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 Snake Plissken, I'm, I'm still very happy with. I'm, I'm happy to own him. And I'm, I'm glad I have a, a miniature version from Jim as well. One of the things, I mean, it's not a big regret because I think I bought it because it looked cool and it posed nicely, is the, the T850 Terminator with Coffin from Terminator 3. Oh, God. Yeah, talking about Peg Woman. <laughs> I, can't even, I can't even remember why I bought it. I think I bought it because I thought all the guns were cool and maybe you could use the guns for, like, other figures. But I don't think we ever did much. At the it. time, Rob, I think we were starved of having an Arnie figure. Yeah, know? I think that's what it is. And the thing is, there were two Arnie figures in the in that series, and the other one was mm. much better because he was actually stood up straight. I mean, you could actually at least play a little bit more with it. You really can't play with an Arnie whose arm is permanently in like a you know carrying in pose, puff and holding pose. So yeah. that that's one example. But probably the thing I regret buying the most. I mean, I don't regret a lot of things, but this is probably a thing. We, Stephen and I went through a phase where we, we bought Robotex in these beautiful <laughs> book, uh, bookcase, uh, book-looking freaking things. Um, uh, the so-called Robotech Masterpiece Collection. The Masterpiece yeah. Collection. Now, mm. the original series ones, I think, are all fantastic because they're really easy to transform. Um, they look good. And I have two two of them. So I have one that, you know, it's blue, and I have another one that comes with a bunch of extra guns and so but then I decided to buy an Alpha Robotech mm-hmm. figure. Mm-hmm. And this thing, I don't know why I thought it looked good at the time, but I mean, it, it looks ugly. It's really freaking ugly. And it's so difficult to transform. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there comes a point where you cannot push this bloody thing back together again. You're just struggling mm-hmm. with it. I'm amazed I never broke it. And I think that I there came a point where I was like, oh, well, I'm not, we're not playing with it. I'm not playing with it anymore. I just popped it in the box, and I think it's probably been in this box for like... 20 years now. <laughs> wow. Maybe not 20 years, like 10, 15 years. I've never taken that out. Yeah, yet. I'd second that. Definitely 10 years in that in that ballpark. And I think at the time, about 10 years ago, I think we paid mm, 700 rand, wasn't it? At least each. Yeah, Robbie, there was 680 or something around. There, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that uh, they were retailing at your current place of work. Yeah. Which you didn't work Before at at the time. At the time. Yeah. So to buy it out of the the glass case, mm. you know, at the the cash desk back then, <laughs> would have set you back a cool grand. Ah, yeah. I, I thought Not it was even joking. Like, like eleven, and like probably eleven or even twelve, probably. I mean, the other two were good buys. I think I still like them. They're fun to transform from occasion to occasion. The VF ones. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, the VF ones are fantastic. But the Alpha, that was that was a Huge mistake. I I've never been happy with that. Um, yeah, but otherwise, in general, I I'm always happy with what I buy. I mean, if I'm buying it, I'm buying it because I think it looks cool or it's a GI Joe. So you know, it has purpose. It has something I can do with it. Yeah. Wow. And then probably a bad story would actually be buying the Strike Rouge one to sixty scale perfect. Oh God. Ray. Yeah. And that is that is a regretful story because I've never been able to pay it off. <laughs> Or at least recover from having paid it, bought it. My credit card is permanently <laughs> knocked down by this thing. Because I'm so How bad. Much did you like, pay for it, I think I paid like uh, three something, four thousand. I think it's the most expensive thing I ever bought. 
I'm so sorry we didn't know each other back then. No, no, for sure, dude. But yeah, I, mean, I had them in. I had them in the shop for one second. Miguel Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> so I think if uh, if I had to be sad about regretting something, it would be that. I mean, I love it. It's beautiful. It's nice to look at. Um, but I've never been able to recover at least financially. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. We have those toys in our lives. It does uh, happen. My 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 regret is. My regret is actually also macros related. Well, it's macros related. So I have some of the Yamato 1 to 40 and 1 to 60 macros, uh, or 1 to 60 scale macros uh, figures. They're really, mm. really amazing. Uh, they're highly detailed. They, they're basically like model kits you can play with. So they are a little bit fragile. Um, so you have to be kind of careful with them. But um, the one I regret buying the most is actually from the Macros Plus series. It's I think it's the YF21. Yeah. That's right. It's the YF21. It's the blue one, if if memory serves correctly here. It's a gold Boa Bowman's uh, jet. And the thing is, the thing that sucks about it is it's the f- initial release of him from Yamato. Um, and it's a piece of shit. Like, seriously, <laughs> it's 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 a really ugly toy. It's it's basically a hand grenade. Once you've transformed it into its Batroid mode, you can't do much with it because then it slips out of its transformation or it does something stupid. The joints aren't good, so it doesn't really hold the standing pose. It's crap. And the jet mode is very um, sort of uh, rubbery. So once it transforms, once you've turned it into a fighter mode, it doesn't, like, nothing feels intact or tight or whatever's together. And I have transformed it. I have watched tons of videos on how to do it. I've even watched how guys have modified it to make it a better experience. And I was just like, fuck this, because it's just not cool to look at. It's just ugly. The proportions on it are ugly. And when you buy it in the box, it's in jet mode, so it looks good. So you're seeing the top profile. And uh, I got it for a fairly good price. It wasn't like I was ripped off, but I just regret it because I really love that jet. And that toy has completely soured me on it, uh, on on the jet as well. It's like, even in the game, I'm like, when I get to choose it, I'm like, nope. <laughs> but um, but on the flip side, what is really cool is when my when my friend immigrated to to, to the Netherlands, uh, he gave me a whole bunch of his Yamato stuff, or gave. I actually bought bought it from him, but like for a really good bundle price. And I got a YF-19, which is outstandingly beautiful and does not have any of the failings of the 21. And it's like a second or third generation Yamato release of that of that uh, toy. And it is so, so cool. So at least I got that from it, from that whole mess. But yeah, my, my biggest um, purchase regret is definitely that like YF-21 I I really hate it. <laughs> it's like it's been relegated to the bottom of my cupboard. Kind of that's where it's living. It's there to die. Gross. Yeah. But you still wouldn't give it away to a child in need. I <sighs> dude, I would, but I don't think they'd enjoy it. Ooh. I think it's a shit toy to give to somebody. It's just He'd rather keep the children safe from it. Too. Passing on the burn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're basically a sin eater. You keep those toys, brother. Yeah, dude, you. you are doing the world a favor by never letting it see the day of light. <laughs> I, I think some of my way. easy toys that, like, faded really quickly, airtight looks awesome, but then you take him out and he's, like, bright yellow and his gun is not action-oriented, so there's really nothing for him to do. Beachhead was another one that looks awesome, and then you open him up and his head is weird. But uh, <laughs> my, 
I, I, prepare to get hate mail, dude. Beachhead is. Um, well, I'm talking about like his head is weird though. It's too his big. His ears. No, it is his... too big, but I love it. <laughs> no, I mean, it, no, I'm not saying he's a bad toy. I, I, I definitely think that. Uh, looking at maybe a figure that I wish I would have picked up a different figure at the time. It's probably airtight because there were so many good <laughs> figures in that year, and you're like, oh, I got to get one. Jeez, buddy, who did you pass up in favor of airtights? Well, there was a lot of good figures in that year. Well, who did you? Uh, who, what were the holes in your '85? That's too roster? far back, brother. I'm just all I can remember is getting airtight home and going, what is he gonna do? Well, I've got a sneaking suspicion you also had a Tele Viper, so that's two duds. Damn it, son. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking Touché. about big heads while well, the Teddy Viper. <laughs> well. Oh, yeah. So. The camera gun, though. That, yeah, that elevates. Yeah, guys, Um, those of you who uh, have done a read of the modern IDW run, something that I want to get into, I'm just going to plant the seed now, but, like, the fact that it at least in chronolo- chronology, takes place straight after ARA, but all of a sudden we are plunged into the smartphones era. It jarred me, big time. And the biggest example of that is, instead of televipers running around with the camera gun, what are they running around with? Smartphones. Motherfucking iPhones, dude. I'm like, uh, I don't know if I'm down with a televiper holding up a an iPhone in selfie mode to record Cobra Commander. That's, <laughs> that's, that's not an image that I'm down with. <laughs> Anyways, let me not pour scorn too quickly. That is a conversation that I'd love to have with you guys. Please, get stuck in. Read. Read. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We, we're going to start we, reading. Well, we've got two. We have two of the issues, so I'm just waiting for the third one, and then I'll be able to invest No, 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 myself. I'm not talking about no, Paul No, he's not talking about, he's talking about... Mr. Larry Homer Esquire. Oh, Oh, crap. Okay, sorry. Word, now that's a real panel. Call yourself a G.I. Joe fan? When was the last time you wrote into Postbox (laughs) the Pit? So what do you regret, Stephen, other than these these comic books you bought? Well, I wanted to end up with Cooge because he he, he hyped me by saying buzzwords like Lobot. Um, when he sold this topic to me, but, um... Lobot doesn't play either. You know he doesn't. Jeez, what did you do with Lobot, man? Well, he did come with the... He came with a blaster, didn't he? But the the flowing blouse, that doesn't work. Doesn't work. (laughs) Five POA. I don't know, man. Maybe there's a story to be told with Lobot, but, uh... There are so many better stories in the queue ahead of him, uh, sadly. My biggest re- regret, I mean, Rob, you really, really got my wheels spinning when you started mentioning McFarlane toys, because that certainly had its time in the sun, but they were the only game in town, and they were in a scale that I do not collect, have not collected, and will not continue to collect. So that stuff just collects dust now. Yeah. <laughs> do I regret it? No, because I suppose at the time... It was fun to be buying new toys. Uh, mm. I used to, like, almost on a daily basis, find myself in Rob's current place of work once again. Just even after hours. Like, I remember going to choir practice in varsity. And once we were done, and this is after practice was done, like, we would go 
drinking at the pub across the road. You know, we were basically a, a drinking club with a singing problem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, after that wrapped up, I would drive to the mall, and everything was closed, obviously, but I waltzed in there and just stood outside the shop looking into the glass windows at the posed figures of the stuff that was currently available. So, like, you know, there was an Aliens and Predator line. There were, obviously, the Terminator 3 movie toys. We dabbled in all that shit. Um, there were other kind of, like, mecha toys, various toys. Manufacturers such as McFarlane, also Kyoto. Um, mm-hmm. God, I don't know. A, 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 bunch a, a bunch of random stuff. Like, I bought Randoms. a Brave Great X-Kaiser because it looked oh, like cool. a cool robot. Such yeah. random BS. <laughs> we just, we just even... bought anything to have something new to play with and to add, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I like Brave. totally. I like X-Kaiser. Trigun. Yeah, cool, but we never play with <laughs> Trigun, yes. But the the example that's that and also once again the that Veritech story, um I'll go one further and say like I would even gladly not have the bloody you know, the VF ones. Oh, even them, yeah. I you know, Roy Foker no, Rick Hunter, I don't know the names. Um oh, all yeah. that shit. Like Hilariously, and this plays into an upload that I want to publish uh, shortly, and that's um, I found those toys at a store that otherwise was pretty premiumly priced, mm. you know, like fair price for all their other stuff, but those toys were going for like dirt prices. It dirt made me a little crap. bit despondent. I was like, oh wow, okay, clearly no one wants this stuff. <laughs> Yeah, now how many girls is releasing a a line of the figures of the pilots? I think they're like one to six scale. Yeah, they can quite Um, I hate how many gold. Nobody, if anybody's wondering. So, it's just a pity, I guess. I mean, in our eyes, this was like, wow, these are really good. But Mm. we did not know any better, Paul. We sadly, like you, you were in our destiny. You know, in eight years. Yeah, no. <laughs> you must understand, like the pre- like in Joburg with the toy collecting thing, especially if you're like into anime figures. Jeez, everybody was charging such a premium, as I'm sure it was done in Cape Town. But you know, you used to get like toy dealers that used to come to the shop, and you know, they used to ask us like, "Oh, you know, are we into this? Would we like one of these?" And people used to get excited, and then you know, some guy would be like, would come in and be like, "Yeah, I've got some like Falkyrie figure from like Japan, and it cost me like a thousand rand." Okay, just so you guys know, it's the first the wave of Yamato stuff that they did. And it was like, you'd bring in, and it was like, wow, this is amazing, you know, and that would, like, plant the seed, so that anything else that came was, like, shit compared to this. And then when I eventually had the opportunity to get my own, uh, like, Yamato-styled VF1, I took that thing and ran with it, because I was like, I was like, wow, I want one of these now, I'm sold on it, I'm actually making big people money, I can buy the shit now. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> And the masterpiece stuff just came to me by way of, like, they were quite cheap because uh, we bought them off previews of the Diamond Back catalog. And, you know, those things actually sold like like hotcakes. So, uh, people love that shit. Uh, because the, the the Robotech box set had also come out, like this masterpiece collection of the DVDs had come out. So we could mm-hmm. sell those those toys, no problem. So, like, I don't blame you guys because you know it was a very attractive purchase when they came out totally and i still think those vf1s to a degree hold out quite well all of a sudden i'm not so sure if you would have been the good guy or the bad guy in this scenario because <laughs> part of me is thinking 
Paul would have pedaled this shit that much harder. Yeah, he would have sold like, you so hard. Yeah. He's this older man trying to sell you toys. You, you might as well finish the whole collection. <laughs> then, like, you've got the beautiful, like, like artwork. <laughs> I was oh, evil. Yeah, I was yeah. pretty evil. Don't get me wrong. I sold a lot of vinyl tech transformers as well. Hey. Oh, so. hate you. Um, yeah, vinyl text is another thing that's um, absolutely no uh, use for. They were fantastic at the time, but they make for lousy toys because Apple. they're so difficult to transform. They have die-cost metal parts which chip and look unsightly, and they don't have a scale that fits in with anything other than other vinyl text. So, uh, and it's really it's... weird that Optimus is the same height as like tracks. <laughs> so. Yeah, Optimus being what a Dodge Ram shittest fucking vehicle they could have ever chosen. Seriously. Sorry, Vinyl Tech fans or alternators as they were called in the West. Um. Uh. Anyway, guys, when I was shopped this topic at gunpoint by Mr. Mr. California IA, the first thing that came to mind was the most immediate bit of remorse that I ever felt as a buyer, (laughs) and that was the Jesus. I don't even know what to call it. It, it's Galvatron, right? Mm-hmm. G1 Galvatron, but colored to be tune accurate. Uh-oh. But still G1. Mm. Okay. It's a shit fucking toy. It is <laughs> stupid. It does not resemble its cartoon mode in any way, shape, or form, be it robot or cannon. It's, it can convert into a handheld weapon with lights and sounds, but it is the most awkwardly stupid-looking toy ever conceived. Okay? And to add insult to injury, this was supposedly bought mint in box. Uh, it has sound and light features. The sound and light features did not work. I was royally pissed off. As you should be. Thank you. At first, I thought it was a tragedy. Now I see it's a comedy. (laughs) (laughs) My dudes, yeah, look, I just could not be less excited about this toy. And scratch me, man, I don't know what I was thinking when I bought it in the first place. Why did I want it? Huh? Because I needed a Galvatron? Because my G1 Transformers collection... Needed a bit of movie panache. Yeah. And I'll tell you this much, like, the the color matching to the cartoon isn't good either. For whatever reason, the purple used on this toy is too light to be cartoon accurate. So it doesn't even achieve what the recolor is setting out to achieve. It's not colored <laughs> like the original toy. It's colored to look like the cartoon, but it doesn't look like the cartoon. So it fails at everything. And, as I said before, to add insult to injury, the sound and lights didn't work. This <laughs> toy saw exactly zero use in any playtime ever. Zero use in any display time ever. It has stayed in its box and basically just pissed me off. I think for like a week I was writing into Takara to like, <laughs> Hey guys, I got this toy, it doesn't work, what's my recourse? <laughs> yeah, I like how they've got any time for me in Cape Town, South Africa, asking them to send me replacement electronics. <sighs> uh, how far we've come in the world with 
with that. It feels good to get that off my chest. Thank you, boys. There you go. Mm. It's it's um it's cathartic to get these sort of things out in the world. Can I throw like one more spanner in the works? Just like Whoa. one more. Oh god. Anybody oh. here have a toy that you really loved that you lost somehow? Uh, and like and to, and you still feel it, it it today. You still feel that pain today. Not really. Uh, I don't really lose things. <laughs> I'm gonna okay. save that one for my therapist, aka GI Joeberg. Uh, future episode. I? I do have one, but that's, t- that's yeah, too this... deep a cut. It's too early in the day. Sounds like Okay, a, well, I'll, I'll like quickly share job. mine then. Oh, I'll quickly oh. share mine. Uh, it'll, oh. It's quick. It's quick because no, yeah. you, you guys seem to, you know, Stephen is still fortunate to have some, it seems like most of the toys from his childhood, which is awesome. Mine were absconded with by, well, shitty friends, and um, let's just leave it at that. But there is one toy I really regret, and it is actually... A transformer. I had a G1 Grimlock, uh, which David mm-hmm. actually gave me. Okay, and he is amazing. Okay, I love G1 Grimlock. That toy was just so much fun. Okay, um, I love the detail on it. I like the transformation. You know, I love dinosaurs. You can't go wrong with that in my eyes. God knows what's happened to it. It's just vanished, and it, it happened somewhere before high school or whatever. But I lament losing that toy, and it's why I, I've got such a hard on to get like a really decent like Grimlock figure, and the masterpiece is definitely like the one, um. But you know, failing that. Hey, bro. Yeah. I can walk ten minutes from the hotel and get you a KO G1 <laughs> in box for it's like a hundred. It's not the same. <laughs> yeah, but it's not the same. It's not the same because I swear the Dinobots are probably the most KO'd. And KO meaning knockoff. Knockoff. But, yeah. but but that was the thing. I had a Grimlock in a time when they were sh- uh, selling these like robot bugs and shit in the shops, you know. I and will that- say, yes, absolutely. The Dinobots, if you had an original Dinobot, it was it was a mark of of ultra cool. Yeah, it was. Everybody because had green they were dinosaurs. Super, super duper rare. I remember I had a world. I had swapped um or traded just for a week, I think, for a sludge. Oh, yeah? Sludge is the, the brontosaurus. Um, yeah. Its neck was broken off, but I didn't care. This thing was heavy. It was gray. It was metallic. It was detailed. It was a toy unlike any other toy I'd ever seen. I was like, this can't be a Transformer. This is way too cool. Right. And they just, yeah. they had that vibe, you know, and... Dude, I feel um, your pain. I'm so sorry. That yeah. really sucks. It does. Mine, mine's a quick follow-up. Who is the most heavily camouflaged G.I. Joe? Uh, Shockwave. Ranger. Run. Stalker. It's not. Uh, I think Paul takes it. Hit and run. Yeah! Fun man is head to toe in, in, in black and green mottled camo. Uh, the man went into the jungles of Kenilworth and never emerged. Aww. I'm convinced, I'm convinced he's buried somewhere in my cousin's garden. Um, you know, buried basically under 30 years of mulch, you know, decaying leaves, dirt. <laughs> oh my goodness. He's it's, down there somewhere. This is a real down at the oh. end on, guys. Maybe, no, well, maybe we should... Don't worry, Rob. I got another one, but I'm convinced he's there. Deeper and deeper. <laughs> 
Alright, now well, I was he said he had, I thought Steven had one someone else. No, I'm waiting Steven for Steve, and then and then I I I, I want to I've got a high note, so if Steve's got a low note, I can at least you know bring it back up. So yeah, yeah, I, I can read my low notes. I was segueing us into another subject. It's fine. Oh. Uh, no, so this buddy of mine, Michael. Uh, you know, we used to hang out quite a lot in high school, and one day, he, uh, you know, I go to his house, and he's got a whole bunch of Jurassic Park toys on his table, and I'm like, that's peculiar, because he's not a Jurassic Park fan, he's like, he doesn't like anything. Anyway, so, I'm like, why do you have a whole bunch of Jurassic <laughs> Park toys on Dior. your table? You know, and he's like, so his gardener, they were like digging up, his gardener was digging up a section of their house, to um you know to to make a flower garden for the family or whatever there they were doing that and he unearthed all of these figures that had been buried in the ground so by the previous owners of the house so some kid buried all of his Jurassic Park stuff in a hole somewhere in the garden obviously <laughs> forgot about it is on another podcast lamenting how he did that um <laughs> and and here's Michael lover of nothing uh except for maybe music with the this great collection of Jurassic Park figures, which I then inherited, thankfully, because he was like, "Do you want them?" I'm like, "Yeah, oh, hell yeah, I wouldn't mind another Dr. Grant and Dennis Nedry, and hell, I'll even Jeez, take." Dude. How did their paint apps survive? They just did. They were clean. In fact, um, I've still got that Dr. Grant floating around here somewhere. I think I gave Dennis Nedry away to a friend of mine, and uh, Ellie Sadler, I think a friend of mine's sister, or whatever, decided that was her toy. So. She had it. Well, but, say what uh, you will about five POAs, but they certainly were hardy bastards. Oh, definitely. Close this out, Cooge. I think I can reframe dinosaurs just in passing. They had energy tech back in the day that just kept growing things. I think a T-Rex <laughs> might have been a chicken. Let's see. Mm. Oh, yeah, on the way out, if you're still with us, God bless. But uh, for for Christmas, I know that there's uh, people have to fill their stockings and whatnot. If you're an indie creator and you're in the Joe community and you're doing Patreon or Kickstarter or doing anything, um, just tag some content with G.I. Joe on Twitter. And it doesn't matter if it's G.I. Joe or not. If maybe your wife makes oven mitts or some shit. Yeah, we'll bump it. Uh, let's see if we can get some indie people out there. And uh, just uh, t- tip some G.I. Joe people, some indie creators this year. We'll probably do a podcast, our next podcast. Maybe we can chat up some... Uh, so, some indie creators that we like, maybe a 12 days of indie G.I. Joburg, something like that. Ooh, yeah, and, and, and maybe discuss, yeah, and, and maybe we can talk about what we hope to find under the tree or what we hope to put under the tree. Mm. <laughs> oh, spoilers for our next episode. Saucy. Oh, saucy, indeed. And you can do all of this with G.I. Joburg's new Christmas sweater. That's right, the ugly Chris- Christmas sweater made just for you, the G.I. Joe fan. Available on Teespring now. I want that sweater, dude. It's cool, hey? It's cool. Then you better buy one. Well done, Paulie. <laughs> I even put Cobra Commander in the flight pod. Well, one of them's Cobra Commander, but you can't really tell it's him because the rest are, they all have blue legs and blue arms. But, yeah. So, there's that little Freaking difference. genius. Absolutely. Uh, while we're doing shout-outs, guys, uh, check out the G.I. Joburg YouTube channel. Troy Smith has just dropped another... Incredible adventure featuring Falcon, featuring Crystal Ball. It's the most unique G.I. Joe story I've seen. Woohoo! Falcon. <laughs> Falcon. Red. Wow. Ooh, spoilers. Awesome. Guys, the English Audacious weapons just popped even. up. Our time oh, has yeah, come yeah. to a close. Groovy. Oh. And I need to go eat. 
Sweet. <laughs> Steven, everyone. you stay you stay safe, and G.I. Joburg, you stay out of the sun. Hell yeah, okay. I'm going to stay oh, inside yeah. while I can. Cheers, no guys. more fisticuffs. You're 35 now. No more brawling. Get it? Yeah, hey, bro, I could take that guy. He was ancient. Slippery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ancient to <being> like 40. <laughs> I'm sorry he didn't start swinging. I was I was ready. I was ready to roll, man. Feeling, <laughs> feeling belligerent. I was three three pints of lager deep, and I was ready. Oh well. Don't waste my time. I'm South African. You bastard. Oh, flip. We're the world fucking rugby world champions. We'll fucking tackle you low, my boy. Go <laughs> <laughs> try for the shot. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Get out of here, you hogs. Cool. Cool guys. Cheers, guys. Oh, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Almost. Almost. You are almost released. Um, <laughs> we had the first snowfall in Beijing last oh. night, but not enough to adequately film a sequence. So, uh, the saga of the wolf and snowcat in China continues. It's going to happen. Don't worry. It's going to get cold. Yeah, it it's will. gonna be the. It's going to be hilarious to me, Rob, that at your <laughs> and everyone else's insistence that I traipse around with these vintage, fragile toys for six months. If there is not enough snowfall and not enough opportunity, aren't there any like like indoor snow parks? Like, I mean, isn't that like I'm a not thing? Bring my toys to. <laughs> Look, it's it's just going to be hilariously ironic if, you know, by January 23rd, it's time to come home, and there's just been jack shit opportunity. It's going to be a great story. Global warming. It has been a running joke in this production, in this company, that, like, my carry-on on long bus <laughs> rides, train rides, aircraft rides, my carry-on has inevitably been this small little blue wheelie bag. Which I've like guarded so carefully as like I... super duper fragile. And we do know not put it do. in the hold. Do not put it in the the overhead luggage. Like this this shit's going on my lap basically. It will be so funny if this comes straight back home to South Africa, having not like seen the light of day. Like the contents has never come out. It's gonna be a great story. <sighs> so is the next uh... episode of Jar Jarberg. See you guys there. <laughs> Later, dudes. I love you to bits. I want you to kiss me on the lips. Hell Boom! Yeah. Oh, boom. <laughs> it rides. Amazing. <laughs>